0: This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nononsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 82 is brought to us by Blueberry Markets. Start your year off right Get your Forex broker down. Get your secondary Forex broker down. Because as 2022 has shown us, our volume is back. It is a good time to be a Forex trader once again. And there will always be markets that move and always be markets that don't seem to be moving. But there are always opportunities somewhere. And if you're with a company like Blueberry Markets, you can trade Forex, metals, indices, stocks, and crypto all right there on MT4 or MT5. And on top of that, if you click my link down below, it'll take you to the blog. If you click the link in the blog, you will not only get double the bonus you could have gotten this time last year, you get your own personal concierge there to help you with anything you need. Nobody else gets this except for my listeners. So make the move today. Secure your future with Blueberry Markets. It is the 10 Minute Contrarian Podcast and uh, what a year, huh? <laughs> this is the type of year as contrarians and as general bears we were finally waiting for. You know, We were just screaming into the wind for a good three years saying it was going to get bad and it just never did. Uh, but as they say, the rivets are starting to come out. You know, Everything we had done in the past that was detrimental to the future of our economy uh, is is just now finally taking shape. Now unfortunately that means a lot of things that we hold, no matter what they were, went down. And in some cases went down a lot. Uh, but it was bittersweet because in a lot of ways, not only were we prepared and positioned for this, you know, throughout the vast majority of 2022, at least on the show, I was saying, hey, look, hold United States dollars above anything else. You know, now is not the time to get cute. You know, if you are going to invest, invest in things like energy possibly precious metals, and in the crypto world, average down on positions you like. And I think overall this has turned out to be very good advice. I don't know about you, but I get really excited when I see the things I like get a lot cheaper right in front of my eyes. And here I am just sitting here holding dollars ready to unleash them on the world. You know, your average normie investor right now is not in a good place. You know They're very nervous and they're very uncertain like they should be. But us over here in contrarian land, we are quite excited for what might be down the road. And 2022 showed us that not only were we right, but we could very well be in line for a nice payday in the next few years, if not sooner. Because remember, in the investment world, if you are losing less than everybody else, your place in this world is actually going up. Now, you might say, well, the best thing to do was be one of those people that doesn't invest anything. Well, okay, but those people will also never see the upside that people like us eventually see. So I don't count them. You know, it may not feel like it, but I think we did pretty well this year. So what I want to do is not make predictions on 2023. That's going to be an episode for probably next week. So certainly stay tuned for that. But we're just going to wrap up 2022 and talk about it because so much happened. And let's go ahead and take a top-down approach here and start with the Fed. Uh, So we saw inflation finally do what inflation is supposed to do. When you print copious amounts of money out of thin air, there needs to be a reaction to that. You can't just print like that and have no repercussions whatsoever. And those repercussions finally came in the form of inflation that was more than most people had seen in their entire lives. And to combat this in the United States, uh, Jerome Powell raised interest rates on the dollar, uh, which was great for Forex traders, by the way. Thank you for that. Uh, But it really didn't do the job it was supposed to do up until the very end of the year. And those moves down in the inflation rate in the United States were not very significant. Yet, as you would expect, they're already tooting their own horn and declaring victory somehow. We'll see about that. Uh, Stay tuned for next week's episode. Uh, but when interest rates go up on the dollar, people flock to the dollar, and when money is going that way, it's coming out of something, and it comes out of the United States stock market. You know, Again, I'm sorry for making this so U.S.-centric, but my audience is mostly U.S.-centric, and this is typically the guideline that most people in world finance use. We saw about a 19.5% drop in the S&P 500, a 33% drop in the NASDAQ. And then only about an eight and three quarter percent drop in the Dow. Now, I guess the biggest reasoning for this uh, to me is you gotta understand, normie investors don't think like we do. Their version of a safe haven is moving out of tech and into something more stable like industrials, yeah, or simply stocks that are just normally less volatile by nature. Uh, but either way, those are drops across the board and pretty significant ones in the scope of what the stock market normally does. Now, I don't think those drops were really all too significant, personally. I'll talk about that more next week. Yeah, but it just goes to show that pretty much everybody lost this year. And a spoiler alert, I don't think it's over. I mean, why would it be? Is it because the Fed's gonna pivot? When? Do we know that? And if they do pivot, is it gonna work? You know, nobody, nobody's even asked that question yet. Uh, but again, I'm getting ahead of myself. But that's what 2022 brought for the equities market. Now let's move into currencies. Oh boy. Contrarians, I'm about to take the most obnoxious victory lap you've ever seen. Get ready for it. So we'll start with the United States dollar. It was extremely strong versus just about every currency out there. We'll talk about the ones that actually lost ground against in a moment. But There's two ways to measure this. One is what the dollar does against really everything else that people invest in. So stocks, metals, crypto. Uh, And on that front, if you were a dollar investor primarily, it was a huge success. That's what I keep saying. You know, if you mostly held United States dollars throughout this year, you did well. You know, it's not going to feel that way. It's not going to even look that way, but you did. You know, the dollar absolutely raged all the way up until about October of 2022, where it stayed pretty high. On the DXY, it stayed like right around 110, 112, kind of in that range, before finally coming back down after that, Uh, which I was actually pretty happy to see for the sake of other countries and other currencies, whose currencies just, in many cases, didn't get completely annihilated this year against the dollar. You know, some did, of course, but in the case of the eight majors... Uh, It could have gotten a lot uglier than it did. Uh, One of the eight majors that suffered the worst this year was the British pound. And a lot of that was due to, I don't know if you want to call it a flash crash, but a heavy, heavy drop um, during the very brief Liz Truss administration. Uh, Now, you guys have discovered that I am a bit of a conspiracy theorist (laughs) in many ways, not to where I'm like all crazy and stuff like that, but I do think there are situations that are quite plausible. And I somehow think that that big drop in the pound was on purpose. Uh, To any Brits out there listening to this on YouTube, if you want to comment down below and tell me I'm wrong, feel free to, um, because I'm, I'm not a Brit. But I just feel like, you know, when she got up there and said she was against ESG mandates, that they found a way to get her out of there pretty quick. Yeah, I think the elites might have thought they had their person in there, and then once they found out they didn't, they replaced her with somebody who, uh, let's just say, obeys orders better than most. Again, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, But it is plausible. That's all I'm saying. Now, as you guys know, a lot of you know, especially people who follow the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, um, I hold a basket of other foreign currencies just as a hedge against my United States dollar. Even though I'm more bullish on it than anything, I also know I could be wrong. And I think that's something important that we do here. We invest for the possibility that we are wrong. Now, as far as these other currencies go, a lot of times when I mention them to other people, they're very surprised. They're like, why that one, of all things, even though I explain my case. Uh, But look, as strong as the United States dollar has been, you would just assume that anybody who is holding a basket of other currencies probably saw all of those currencies go down, right? Right. Well, for your average mortal, this might be the case, but you're talking to a currencies guy here. I mean, how many actual currencies guys are there out there on YouTube? Me, Brett Johnson, it's like it. You know, most people don't really pay attention to stuff like this, Uh, but I do. And on this particular front, it has paid off. So let's start with the ones that did experience pretty normal drops this year. That's going to be the Chinese Yuan and the New Zealand dollar. Uh, The New Zealand dollar, I'm definitely holding on to going forward. Chinese Yuan, I'm a little bit split on. That's going to be another episode that we're probably going to see in January. Gun to my head. But uh, I'll wait on that a little bit. Uh, But let me do this. Let me tell you the currencies that actually outperformed the United States dollar this year. There are not many of them. Let me see. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven that I had. Uh, if I'm missing one and you're listening to this on YouTube again, tell me down below. And uh, avoid currencies that are generally pegged to the dollar. Sometimes they have a hard peg, sometimes they have a soft peg. So I'm thinking like a lot of your Middle Eastern currencies. Yeah, you know, I don't really count those. Uh, but as far as the ones I don't hold, they're all Latin American. Check this out. Now The Mexican peso did very well against the dollar this year. You know, if you follow demographics, especially if you follow Peter Zion, you know, Mexico was supposed to be the new China. So there's good reason to be bullish there. And uh, most people, especially in the United States, have a real easy time uh, obtaining Mexican pesos. And really, you know, with transfer-wise and everything like that out there. It should be pretty easy to pick those up if you're bullish on that as well. Uh, The Chilean peso and the Peruvian sol, Two countries I mentioned in the copper video, but I did not mention them in a very good light. Uh, Now, I mentioned the the Chilean peso briefly, and I said I was thinking about going that direction, but then I immediately pulled out because these are two socialist countries that have a lot of copper, which is unfortunate, Um, but typically, unless your name is China and you have all the stuff going for you that China has going for them, you know, if you're a socialist country, I'm generally not interested in investing in you in any way. Uh, So those were off the board, but consequently, they actually did outperform the USD this year. The other four are currencies that I hold. Um, two of them are not in my uh, actual basket basket, uh, but we'll talk about those in a second. First one, I think is the obvious one, is the Russian ruble. Quite an up and down year for the ruble. Um, when it dumped, I even dumped half of my position. I, mean, I had a lot of people ask me, hey, why, not, why would you not dump the whole thing? This is terrible news. I'm like, because I know some things here. You know, it's for the same reasons I picked it up. You know, strategy-wise, Russia plays a different game than everybody else does. And they answer to nobody, except kind of China. But still, I want to put my chips down somewhere in Russia. And as most of us know, there's not a whole lot of places you can invest in Russia, especially now. So hanging on to some of their currency is the best way, in my opinion. And it did outperform uh, by like a percentage point and a half. But it did outperform. And people thought I was crazy. Uh, but it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, Moving on from there, the Singapore dollar outperformed the United States dollar this year. Uh, A wonderful safe haven, in my opinion. Uh, It certainly is a safe haven for a lot of Chinese and for a lot of people in East Asia. And not only is it safe, it actually outperformed this year. Again, by about a percentage point, but when you consider how strong the USD was, that is pretty damn good, especially for an alternate safe haven. And now, I don't know if I kind of lucked into this or not, but uh, does, does anybody know who the top two performing currencies were this year? For those who follow the channel, I have bank accounts in both countries, and I hold these currencies for the interest rate alone. And by golly, they just happen to be the two outperformers, and they outperform by a lot. Those two currencies would be the Georgian Lari and the Armenian dram. And nobody in a million years would have believed me when I told them I invested in these two currencies had I had not documented this on my own channel. George and Larry went up by like 14.5%. Armenian dram, let me look at it again. The Armenian dram went up (laughs) 22.5%. Armenia, we've been in a war half the year dram goes up 22.5% against the United States dollar on top of a crazy good interest rate. Uh, I can't explain this at all, but again, there were only seven world currencies that outperformed the United States dollar this year, and I was holding four of them. So please let me have my moment here. I don't think it's ever gonna come back again, but come fuck with your boy over here. I am putting this Burger King crown on my head for all of 2023, knowing that I'm probably going to have to give it back, but you know, it's 2022. You know, We're gonna take our wins where we can get it. Moving on to precious metals. Uh not a whole lot to see here as far as gold and silver goes because if you look at the charts, it really just followed the dollar inversely. So, I don't think there's anything to get too excited about there. I do have some commentary on this for 2023, but again, that's going to be another show. You know, you saw a big dip for most of the year and then a nice recovery towards the end, you know, just like you did opposite the dollar now silver had a bigger recovery now oddly enough in October we had our episode where I said hey look you know people I really respect not in the silver community so much because they're always bullish but in the investment community we're all kind of getting bullish on silver at the same time so I thought I would pass that information on to you and that was a very good time to get in so I hope a lot of you took that opportunity or took the opportunity to average down into positions like I did Because that was looking really good as a lot of silver was coming out of the COMEX. Now, I said before, too, I don't know why the COMEX is this great indicator of sorts. I mean, there's so much more silver in the actual ETFs. Um, But they were leaving the ETFs, too. Now, some of that has come back in the last two weeks of December. But oddly enough, the silver price hasn't dropped that much as a result. Quite interesting. I think 2023 is going to be a very interesting year for it. Uh, now, even though we don't talk about it too much on the show, uh, we did have a whole dedicated episode to Platinum, and Platinum is up on the year. You know, I'm still holding. It's a relatively boring position, <laughs> but uh, boring is good right now. Things that don't move a lot compared to things that just completely fall apart is a good place to be. So no regrets there, all you Platinum holders out there. You know, raise a glass this New Year's Eve. You know, relatively speaking, you, you done good. Now, where it gets a bit more interesting, to say the least, is energy. And I think we should start with oil. I mean, so much happened this year from a fundamental standpoint. But from a price standpoint, from the beginning of the year to the end, oil is pretty much in the same place it was. Uh, So it's really up to you to decide if the fundamentals on oil got more bullish or more bearish going forward. We will certainly be talking about this very soon. But as far as price goes, it was pretty much no change. at least for West Texas crude. Uh, Now, natural gas, oddly enough, is pretty close to where it was at the beginning of the year. It's up a little bit, but it had quite a few peaks and valleys this year. And I'll go ahead and say it. I'm really surprised it's in the same place it was a year ago today. I think the fundamentals are vastly different than they were a year ago today. Is that a fair thing to say? Now, I'll be talking about this a lot later, but I did talk about this on Thursday's blog. Make sure you see that if you haven't. Um, I actually tell you about a position I bought, um, actually bought more of it, but it's not something I often do. I usually don't give like alerts like that. That's not what I like to do, even though sometimes I do it anyway, especially in crypto, but check the blog out if you want to see what I did and why, you know, my blog readers know what's going on more than those who don't read the blog because they make a point to know. So make that one of your new year's resolutions, perhaps read more of VP's blog. It is there for you. Uh, But I digress. Let's move into uranium, something that many of you are very uh, invested into or very excited about. Unfortunately, it just didn't do anything this year. Most positions are either down a little bit or exactly where they were at the start. Uh, And really not too surprising. I mean, we saw the fundamentals for uranium get better, as we always do. Uh, But it just wasn't really the topic du jour. It's not the pressing issue in the energy world right now. And that's just what it is. You know, don't let that massive move in 2020 fool you. This is a much longer-term play down the road. So for all you uranium investors out there, don't get impatient. Because this sector in particular is a long-term game. But the payouts, as you know, can be extraordinary. Now, who was the big winner in the energy space this year? If we're having such an energy crisis, such a crunch, you guys know it was coal, Uh, Now, unfortunately, they took away the coal ETF, ticker symbol KOL, or I would have probably had a dedicated episode to this. There just aren't many great ways to invest in it without really taking a chance on companies that wildly vary across the spectrum. You know, so I just never saw a good opportunity to make an episode like that. And it's just one of those opportunities that just as far as this show goes, uh, was an opportunity missed. I still have a ton of notes on it, but just investment-wise, I didn't find a lot of great ways to do it. So my bad on that one. Um, But at least I didn't steer anybody towards ESG ETFs. Uh, As far as energy goes, those were the big losers. Uh, Your biggest one, uh, ticker symbol ESGV, was down 25% on the year. Uh, Now, oddly enough, your second biggest one, ticker symbol ICLN, was only down about 6% on the year which is right about the same as a lot of your specifically uh, solar-driven and wind-driven ETFs were. Primarily because a lot of solar and wind farms are still being built. And this whole energy crisis that I keep talking about has not fully manifested itself yet. So even though people in the know understand what works well and what doesn't right now, the rest of the world has still yet to really feel this. I mean, I know most of Europe is starting to get it. Um, But a lot of people still think that's because of the war in Putin. You know, this narrative is not officially collapsed yet. Uh, But winter is coming. Well, it's here, actually, so we'll see. As always, we hope the the damage is as moderated and as minimized as possible. Uh, But to all my European listeners out there, just, uh, just be careful. Be prepared oh but you know what did worse than esg funds this year carbon credits good lord <laughs> was i excited about this one and it just turns out we were way way too early uh, but everything i'm seeing still dictates that these things are coming and they're not stopping you know, you got to remember the elites have not backed off this narrative you know i think they decided long ago that they're going to go full force on this and i don't see what would stop them so even though I did sell my position there for tax loss harvesting, I am interested in buying back in down the road. Um, and I do think this is something that everybody should have on their radar. You know, don't get emotional. Just because it burns you doesn't mean it can't pay you back later. You know, I'll be, I'll be paying attention to the space pretty closely as we go forward. Um, but non-crypto wise, this was probably our worst loss of the year. Now, let's finish off with copper. Copper did not do well this year at all, nor did the stocks. Um, But I think anybody who invests in copper is doing this super long term. And even though you could throw it in that base metals basket, which I don't talk about on here because I'm not bullish on them, because I'm bearish on everything else, economy-wise. And base metals go up when you build things. And what are we going to build during a recession? It's not building time. The one thing with copper is that you still need it for everything else. And the supply is still absolutely tanking and nobody's talking about this. Uh, But there will have to come a time when they do. And I am holding on to my copper stocks for dear life and I'm really interested in averaging down later on. Uh, Because you wanna talk about something with asymmetrical upside at this stage of the game. Back when copper was like at a dollar 50, Look at where some of those copper stocks were back then compared to where they are now that we're at 380. I think you're going to be very intrigued as to what you discover. Uh, But again, this is an end of the year wrap up, not a prediction. So I'm going to pull back a little bit on copper and move on to a couple of kind of miscellaneous topics that I don't think really fit into any broad category. But things that we have mentioned on the show before, uh, one of those is water. Now, I think with water and the next one I'm about to talk about, I think we all know that these are very long-term plays. So when water didn't really do anything in 2022, it's not a big surprise. You know, some of this was on the anticipation of some of the bills that were getting passed in the United States, um, but one of those was blocked. And the other one, it's kind of like every major bill that gets passed, and Republicans do this too. They're all guilty, but they call it something really happy and fluffy, like, the clean water for baby act because they know you're stupid and lazy and you're not going to actually go and see what's inside that bill and like one percent of it is what they actually said is going to be for you know the rest of it is just to line their pockets and their friends pockets so uh, I guess the market figured this out and between that and the bill that didn't pass just kind of ended up being a big nothing burger for water this year but like I said water ETFs are for the future and I will say in the United States, we had some water issues in the West, which is really where the big issue is going to pop up, I think, because the Western river systems focus on the Colorado, which is in trouble, compared to the middle of the country, which is more Mississippi, Missouri driven, which is fine. Um, actually, wasn't fine there for a minute, but got fine again. No, but things are getting a bit scary out there in water world. so certainly keep an eye on this space. Now, the other miscellaneous topic I want to briefly go over is prison ETFs and prison companies. Now, this wasn't doing a whole lot either until um, super perma bear Michael Burry came in and said, yeah, pretty much all my portfolio right now is prison ETFs. Which I thought was funny. He has the same mentality that I do in terms of, hey, if, if we are really going to hell in a handbasket here, chaos is going to be the most obvious byproduct of that. You know, civil unrest, crime, petty crime, violent crime, property crime, white collar crime. It's all going up. You know, If we hit a full fledged fide recession, impossible depression. You know, Michael Berry sees it. You know, we saw it here, too. Definitely keep an eye on that space. Um, But I think you'll have time to gauge the weather on this one. Okay, let's move over to crypto, shall we? It all went down a lot. Thank you. Good night. Uh, But in all seriousness, it was a calamitous year for crypto. Short term, at least. Long term, I think it's really good to get these terrible actors out of here. And let's just be grateful that on this show... Uh, we barely avoided FTX and the FTT token. It was on the radar, I liked it, never quite got there, saw the smoke, So there's probably fire, let's pull it off the board. And then we all know what happened after that. Uh, we also avoided things like Voyager and Celsius and Terra Luna. And that is a trap that many crypto influencers out there fell into. Uh, now, as a YouTuber myself, I empathize with these people a lot more than your average person would, I think. You know, believe it or not, most of us do our absolute best and vet these companies super, super hard. And there's just things that you can't always see. And then after, and only after they fail, does do all these people come crawling out of the woodwork and saying, oh man, how could anybody endorse a company that does all these things? Like it was so super obvious, you know, I'm not going to rant too much further on this, but just, you know, be a little kinder to these people. You know, yes, they do make money off of sponsorships and affiliates and things like that. Yeah, because let me tell you, YouTube pays less and less every single year, every single month, really. And, and some of these influencers have built up their companies and they have employees to pay and everything like that, too. Uh, but anyway, we avoided just about all of that. I have said nice things about BlockFi, for example, in the past. like the idea of it. Uh, kind of lost interest over time because, as we all know, in the DeFi world, you're getting much bigger returns elsewhere. I mean, I was killing it there on Crypto.com, you know, back when they had their really good rates. Um, But yeah, thankfully, we have sidestepped every landmine out there. Now, the coming landmines are something we spoke of before. Um, In particular, Crypto.com, Binance, and uh, Tether. Now, Binance is the biggest one in the news as of late. And I did say with all three of these, I think we're going to be okay. And so far, so good. Now, because of the smoke that was fuming around Binance, I did get rid of my BNB token um, that I just hadn't even had for that long. But, you know, you got to be careful these days, especially on the heels of FTX. You know, these scavengers don't stop. They take advantage of opportunities like this. But I also said I fully plan on buying it back. I will let you know when I do that. Um, But so far, a lot of this smoke has cleared up a bit. Um, which I think is really good for the industry as a whole. But again, this story is not over yet, so we'll stay uh, vigilant on that one. And hey, let's look at the good news. Um, There was a very small handful, very, very small handful of tokens that actually performed well this year, and we were on one of them. That's going to be the Trust Wallet Token, ticker symbol TWT. I put that episode out. Everybody thought I was nuts. They're like, really? That one? Of all things? You know? And remember, this was during the bull market, too. So they're like, people were like, I just don't see the upside to something like this. You know, There's a lot more exciting plays out there. And so, there are certainly more exciting tokens out there than the Trust Wallet token. But you know what's also exciting? Winning when everybody else is losing. And we are winning on that one. Not, not only that, I've already taken some profit on it, uh, which is something I haven't got to do a whole lot this year. So let's pat ourselves on the back once again for that. And honestly, Litecoin has outperformed most tokens pretty well. That's another one. Out of everything I, I think I've recommended, I think Trust Wallet token and Litecoin had the majority of you saying like, "What? <laughs> really?" No, but here we are. So if I come up with something like that again, you know, give it a little bit more credence than you did before. Uh, but that was pretty much the year that was in 2022 a crazy year. we could talk more on it but you know just kind of recapping things as far as the year goes and what we were able to avoid in particular. you know and even got a win or two under our belts. you know that's not a bad year. I keep saying it. you know sometimes you have to grade on a curve here. Uh, but I'll have a lot more to say about the market in future episodes where we talk about, uh, what to expect in 2023. So that's going to be very, very near future. But while we're here, let's go ahead and end it off with Metaverse. Now, I just did a Metaverse episode last week. Um, but as far as recapping the year, uh, Meta, formerly known as Facebook, and all of the stocks attached to it was absolutely tankadopolis, not good. Um, but Ah, here we go. I'm going to get into predictions again. I'm not super duper bearish on meta going forward. I think there's a lot there, but we'll talk about that later. Now, in terms of the blockchain, we did talk about places like Decentraland, um, which I don't like, but um, even, and they just did this, If you don't, even if you don't have land there, you can still build on it, which I think if you have designs on starting a business in the metaverse, which is another thing we talked about. It's a great place to go learn and make all your mistakes now. Even if that's not where you ultimately want to be, I think there's opportunity there. And I know I got some doers out there. And I know I got some people with great imaginations and great ideas. Just know that as of right now, you can go to the one open world metaverse that's actually operating and see what you can do there and build. And do it with no expectations, but that's still to me, as somebody who starts businesses, that's really exciting. Now, in terms of projects that I am currently a part of, uh, let's start with Alluvium because that's my biggest one that's on the Ethereum chain and the IMX layer 2. Their token just keeps getting cheaper and cheaper. Um, It went from 18 something, 1800 something, all the way down to like $40 where it is now. I think it's actually less than $40. So that is not an endorsement, but that is a passive way to invest into this game because it is expensive. Um, but I did invest way more than I expected into it because I am that bullish on it. It's a beautiful game. The uh, the overworld beta did come out recently and it's awesome. So much potential here. Uh, the city builder version of the game is coming out on the 6th of January. And because of that, land has gone up in price since it first came out. It was down for a bit, but now it's up. In terms of ETH, not in terms of actual, you know, fiat currency, because back when the Dutch auction was going on, when the initial land sale came out, ETH was right about 1,900, and now it is under 1,200, which for me is good because I didn't replace the ETH I spent until later. I bought half of it back at around 1,300, and you know, this again, this isn't me tooting my own horn. This is me just saying, look, I know a lot of people bought land earlier this year. When the cost of things like ETH and ADA were a lot more expensive, just know that if you paid $100 for a piece of land by using one of those two crypto tokens and you replace it now, you know, you actually spent anywhere from like 30 to $45 on that land, maybe less. And that's pretty cool it's weird. This is a phenomenon I don't think most people understand. If ETH was at 1900 and I spent one ETH on a parcel of land, but I didn't replace that ETH until it dropped down to 1300 then my land only cost 1300 It didn't cost 1900 So for those of you who feel like you're a bunch of bag holders out there for buying all this land early on, just know, as of right now, you're still a bag holder, but you can get a sweet discount if you want. Um, But all of my Alluvium land has gone up, and that's good, because, as we know, not many things have gone up this year. But also, what's gone up is my Cardania land. This is a much smaller game with, I think, a smaller upside, but it's so goddamn cheap and so fun and so rewarding. Even if this project does not come to fruition, I've had people tell me, like, look, I don't care if this thing tanks all I've had so much fun and met so many great people in this community um, that anything else is just bonus. And that, that's kind of how I feel about it, too. But at least in the price of ADA, um, the majority of my Cardania land has gone up, too. Um, and if mine has, that means yours also has if you jumped into this project. But even if you haven't, it's still super cheap. So if you're interested, come on in. Uh, Now, Cornucopius is the other project. I've even done a dedicated episode to this. And this is going to be much longer term because it is much more ambitious. And depending on what you bought, some things have gone up a bit. Some things have gone down a bit. uh, But it stayed really, really steady. So again, that's really good to see. None of these metaverse projects that I've talked about that I've actually invested in myself, except for Decentraland, like way back in 2019, has really gone down. Now, uh, the token you bought it in has gone down, so you can look at it that way, but uh, so many metaverse projects out there are starting to collapse or have collapsed because they were terrible, uh, but so far so good on the ones we back. Now, uh, Pavia is the other one. That's the open world. Land has pretty much stayed the same on that, too. Again, a super long-term project. We're just going to have to sit and wait. And I think this has officially been the longest episode I have ever done. Uh, It was on purpose, of course. We had a lot to go over. And I'm really biting my tongue trying not to talk about my predictions for 2023, which is going to be, if all, you know, unless something crazy happens, next week's episode. So please stay tuned for that. And look, Contrarians, I know we have mixed emotions on 2022 because most of us lost money. But did we really? You know, most of us held fiat, A lot of us held United States dollars and we gained in overall position and the things we all thought were going to happen have actually started to happen. We're not these, this crazy person talking into the wind anymore. So you know what? Raise a glass for this year, put them up because if everything is going to hell, there's nothing we can do about it anyway, except for rally around each other and find ways to not only survive, but prosper off of this going forward. And unlike just about everybody else out there, this is exactly what we're doing. So be grateful for that. I am, and I'm grateful for all of you. So for all of you out there on Spotify, on Apple, on YouTube, on Google Podcast, on Player FM, on Overcast, on Pocket Cast, on iHeart Frickin' Radio, and to the 14 people who actually watch this on NoNonsenseForex.com, I wish you all a very happy and very prosperous 2023. This podcast's viewership has grown and then consolidated into what I think is a very strong core of people, and that is exactly where I want it. So do your best to spend time with family and friends tonight and have a great time. Make it home in one piece, Uh, but while you're out with your family and friends, let them know that you are also grateful for them putting up with you and your wild ideas. But also let them know that at the end of the day, we are not the crazy ones. We are just early.